Hi, family, and welcome back to your favorite podcast destination for women empowerment, healing, self-love, self-discovery, forgiveness, and manifesting a purpose for life. We're talking about the things that you may not want to hear, but you need to hear. So let's get into it.
how I didn't want to be in the same environment and it wasn't about COVID. I didn't want to go nowhere. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, I love yeah. my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it kind of, I, I just started realizing that people think of me as a people pleaser because that's what I thought I had to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not her. I, I'm not her. Mm-hmm. I have a very um, outspoken, I have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always, since I was young, fought for what's right. Mm-hmm. And so, brutally honest as I am, unfortunately it might hurt you, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And before, it was, oh, I want to be pleased. Oh, mm-hmm. I just don't want to make nobody mad. Because, see, I know how ignorant I can be. You know, sometimes you have to, you know what I mean? Like, I know me. You don't know. Um, and so, I didn't want people to beat me getting mad for things that they have done, so I would just let them do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, she not, this not that. <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, I'd have to piggyback off of uh, Christy. Um, yeah. I, I feel like rewind back with the question because I was I was so engaged. <laughs> can, so can you confidently say that you know who you are? Um, yeah, at, at this point I can, and like Christy said, it it really started around the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Forcing yourself to have to be quiet and um, sit with, I had to sit with myself and I had to really look at who I was, the good, the bad, the ugly, and ex- accept it and then try to figure out, okay, well, do you want to change some things? Um, and I can confidently say that I like who I am now. As before, I did not like who I was. And I was always trying to fit into this mold of who people wanted me to be, mm-hmm. or who I thought they wanted. And I was still unhappy. Yeah. And like her, you know, I, I, I was a people pleaser. And, and I still, I'm working on that now. But I'm okay with not giving you what you want just because you want me to give it to you. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't feel comfortable with it, if I don't want to comply, then I'm going to let you know, hey, no, that's not something I really want to do right now. Yeah. Um, because I have to have peace. I have to have peace. I will say for me, just being... 100% open and honest about it. I'm sitting here and I'm 45. And I'm in this discovery phase because there's question mark, question mark, question mark. Who am I really? Because I think, like I just asked y'all a couple minutes ago in the introduction, who are you? You said your names, but that was it, right? Right. Generally, when we're asked that question, we respond with our titles, mm-hmm. our labels, our roles, our accolades, what we do and who we are to and for other people. Mm-hmm. So when I had to sit there and I'm trying to see who I am apart from all these roles I play, I really couldn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. And so then I went into this phase, I'm like, I just really want to know who I, do I even like myself? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, how do I get to the point where I understand who I am? Then I had to ask the question, why do I exist? Mm-hmm. Do you think those two questions kind of Go hand in hand, like you have to know why you even exist as well. Definitely have to go to that. Um, I'll go back to the beginning of my journey. It really started because I had all these dreams, and I was so complacent because everybody around me seemed to be okay with their jobs and their families and their car, and you know, and I'm not complacent, and I was uncomfortable. And I realized that God was making it uncomfortable because that's not me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, all the fears that I had through all the trauma growing up, mm-hmm. I forgot to recognize that I'm very intelligent. 
<laughs> you know, like I am an amazing mother, although I've never birthed any children. Wow. And you have people that say to you, you know, you don't even know mothers that you don't even have no kids. Baby, I have raised them and mm-hmm. they still to this day, you know, call me mom. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I had to really dig deep. I didn't like myself to an extent because I didn't like how I was giving so much of myself. Right, I didn't right. want to have to do that to be liked because I feel like we lose ourselves in people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So to mm-hmm. me, it was about, yeah, if they're really my friends and they really love me, they're going to have to deal with who I really am. And who I really am is a boss. Mm-hmm. Like, I genuinely love helping people and I don't want to be complacent. I don't want just this cute little box and building. I want international and I can have it. Yeah. It's kind of like what Kendra said, where you kind of become what everybody else needs you to be, expects you to be, mm-hmm. wants you to be. And, I, and when I think about it, I go back to like, you know, we're women. So we go back to when we were little girls and we were mm-hmm. already like conditioned yeah. to be a certain way. You know, be poised, cross your legs, mm-hmm. wear barrettes in your head, wear yeah. dresses, you know, do all these things. Yeah. And in a way, it's kind of telling you who you are. Right. Because me, I was I was a unique individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might sit here and cross my legs today, but tomorrow, I might not. Yeah. I might sit here and play with Barbie dolls today, but tomorrow I might be sleeping in the ditches playing flag football yeah. with my brother because that's what I like. I don't want barrettes. Maybe I want cornrows. That's right. You know what I mean? So yeah. we, we come up trying to appease people and, 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 avoid disappointing those people who mm-hmm. have already told us who we are and how to be and then we're in this tug of war because I was like I just want to be me. Right. Mm-hmm. What would you say to an individual who are finding themselves in like some sort of identity crisis where they're still trying to be okay with being who they are mm-hmm. or maybe they still don't know who they are. Like how do you get to that that point you've gone through that process how do, how do you get to mine, the other side of it mine was just it, it was the change of mindset and it was shifting the paradigms that i had been taught mm-hmm. because you know when as as a little girl when you grow up in trauma or somebody saying you ain't never gonna be you look like your mm-hmm. mama you look mm-hmm. like your dad you know all those things that you stick in your mind for me it was switching that Mm-hmm. Because I knew that my my body and my spiritual man was really fighting with that. That's not who you are. Mm-hmm. I knew that when I spoke to people or I touched people or I helped people, I was transforming lives, not just empowering somebody. So to me, it was like, I ain't went through all this just because I was in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's got to be a purpose to this thing, you know? But I realized, my, and my sister said this, she's a pastor in Texas, but she said to me, she said, we used to always say you was going to be a speaker someday. Mm-hmm. And because I, I was talking, physically talking at six months, oh, like wow. having conversational talking, not just little words. And she, you know, at first, because I never said anything. And then all of a sudden in six months, I was like, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> getting it in. And she was like, all that time we wanted you to at least say mama. And then you just lost your mind, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's really digging deep. I tell anybody, what is it that you do without even thinking? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When people call on you, what do they always call on you for? Mine was advice. It's everything, relationship, work, whatever, but it's always my thought process that they need. Mm -hmm. And it was always based on my journey. But you were were being these things for other people, 
but at the same time, it's kind of like a part of who you are anyway, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kendra, if you if you strip away all of your roles and your titles mm-hmm. and who everybody expects you to be, who are you? Um, I am. I am an empath, which you know, I it's it's interesting because I, I feel like there is beauty and strength in that, mm-hmm. but people like to throw a negative stigma on that, which upsets me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, what else? I, I I feel like I have a very outgoing personality. My husband always tells me he's very he's very opposite to me. You know, he's very quiet, introverted. You know, if you've met him, but he was just telling me the other day. He said. We'll be out in public going to the store, and Gil talks to me, hey, girl, how you doing? Hey, come here, give me, give me a hug. Yeah. You know, and, oh, I know, you hear people's story. Oh, girl, that's so sad. Let me get, let me hug you. Let me pray over you. Yeah. And he has witnessed, witnessed these things, and I feel like God has given me um, the the spirit of, of just sensitivity, compassion, and care, and to just be able to connect with people on a unique level. Um, and even if I don't understand their walk, I, I'm still there to to receive it and, and to mm-hmm. to listen, um, you know, and, and so I feel like that's who I am. I mean, I, I have a very, um, you know, <laughs> silly personality. The, the the comedian to me, I like to have a good time. I like to laugh, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I have all these different layers, but I just I just like me. Mm-hmm. Right right now, I like me. Now there are people who may know who they are. But are uncomfortable with who they are. Mm-hmm. There may be some barriers or uh, extra potentially internal factors mm-hmm. that make them uncomfortable with who they really are. So in situations or environments, they may show up as a different version of themselves, right? The representative. It, has there ever been a moment in time or a situation where you showed up as someone you really were not? In relationships, mm-hmm. I, I, because I know, I, and I, when I say ignorant girl, please excuse that phrase, but you know, you just have to know yourself. I, I had a very quick temper, mm-hmm. very quick hand. If you, you stress me too much, I'm quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the trauma, me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in relationships, you don't want them to feel like you're aggressive, right? So. You show up and you're so sweet and you're so loving and you know all those different things and then they do one thing and you like a Tasmanian <laughs> devil. You know what I mean? It's like that representative no longer exists. And so I recognize that when I'm just when I'm me, I say that from the beginning. You know, this is who I am, mm-hmm. this is who I was, and sometimes they clash. Mm-hmm. Because I stay peaceful because I don't put those type of people that will trigger me mm-hmm. in my environment anymore, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But definitely was in relationships, not friendships. Friendships, I mean, it's just like you're going to love me or not. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, I, I think I experienced it very early on. Um, I, I grew up in Kansas, of all places, a little small town called Salina. Most people don't know it. But um, I moved here. Um, when my dad, you know, worked for the government and all of a sudden moving here my eighth grade year in Arkansas. And so I grew up in white suburbia. Right. Um, and the only black people I did see was at church. And there was maybe three of us through elementary and junior high. So when I got here and it, w- it was a culture. 
culture shock from seeing <laughs> going to a school where I, I was like, all these black kids. I'm like, wow. And, 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 it, and it was, it, it did a lot to me. Um, but what made it so bad was when I opened my mouth, I was not accepted. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, what's all the reason? You know, I'm an Oreo. You're a Black Valley girl. Or, you know, well, why you talk like that? Well, why are you talking to these white people? And it, and it really has hurt me because I didn't experience that in Kansas. And clearly, I knew I was different from my peers right. just on my skin tone, my hair, everything. But there, it wasn't brought to the forefront. It wasn't shoved in my face. Right. I got here, and it was very well known. And, and I was judged for it. And it, you know, being black and having other black people judge me, and to this day, it still happens. Well, you know, some of the people over here, oh, girl, why do you talk like that? Well, what's wrong with how I talk? Well, you, you're not black enough. And that's what gets me. Like, so what is black enough? Who put, who put that title? <laughs> what's the definition? Yeah, what's the definition? <laughs> like, or, like, oh, I bet you don't even drink Kool-Aid. You don't love Kool-Aid. Like, what, what are you talking what about? What flavor? Right. So my thing was, I, I made a very profound statement. I'm like, you know, people are like, why are you friends with these white people? Because they're nice to me. I'm, 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 I, I gravitate to people who are kind to me. Yeah. It, I don't see color. I mean, cl- I mean, and that sounds stupid. I don't see color. I mean, clearly we do see color, but I don't make that the reason why yeah. I'm spending time with you. So, yeah, so I kind of, to be accepted, I picked up tidbits of people's personality or behaviors and mm-hmm. tried to morph it into my own so I could be accepted. Yeah. You know, but it didn't feel authentic and natural. Mm-hmm. I think my mine is similar to yours. Um, well, honestly, I, I I feel like I was in a family that I didn't belong to, mm-hmm. and then we grew up in a project mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I belonged. Then I would go to school, and and people in the classroom don't look like me, mm-hmm. uh, I don't feel like I belong there either. Mm-hmm. So I'm at school, and I'm like, I know I'm smart, I know I belong here, but I don't want them to know that I live in the project. Mm-hmm. And then I will go home and I'm like, okay, the people over here, most of them, their priority is being cool. They don't care about school, so I don't want them to know I'm a nerd. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. why can't I just be both? Why can't I be the cool nerd? Right. So around my peers at home, mm-hmm. I wanted to be what I thought was a better version. So I'm going to act like y'all. I'm cool. I can go out here and do mm-hmm. this. You know, I'll fight in a heartbeat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I would go to school and I'm like, I'll flip the switch and I'm sitting here, you mm-hmm. know. My mom used to call yeah. before she died, she used to say, You gonna you gonna be able to get her to get up in my house because I was literally <laughs> that's exactly like mm-hmm. growing up, that's what you do. Like you wanna be cool with everybody. Yeah. Um, and when you're in like cheerleaders and band mm-hmm. and basketball, you're in a different area because you're around a bunch of athletes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like those are your friends. Um, dance team. That's mm-hmm. our life. Like yeah. you know, you don't you don't do anything outside of that. So you want to be a certain way with them mm-hmm. because of the way they act, because they're jocks or they're the popular kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as an empath, I loved the nobodies, like the people mm-hmm. nobody talked to. Yeah. So then I always felt bad because I just wanted to be myself with people because the people that didn't care about nothing were the best friends that I had um it was the jocks it was the girls that I danced with it was them that I had to be you know 
up it in, and it would just get weird because I wouldn't do that in front of people. Mm-hmm. I was okay doing it like if we was hanging out or if we were in a game or if we were around people I didn't know, um, but not, I don't know how to make somebody feel bad or indifferent. Right. You know what I mean? So right. that would get real tricky because I would be, don't act like that, you know, towards them. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. I'm combative with the people that I hang with all the time, you know what I mean? So What point uh, Father Tuchan, so at what point did it shift to where that uncomfortability shifted and you became just comfortable with being Kendra, just being who you are? Probably mm. in college, honestly. Because I was around a whole different dynamic of people who just didn't even know me. Right. You know, um, so that's when I really started to be like, you know what, there's really nothing with, wrong with who you are. There's nothing wrong with how you talk. You know, and you know, this whole, you know, white girl thing. I mean, I, I grew up in a very, well, let me backtrack. When I was in college, I, grew, I was around a very diverse group of people, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, that, and I love that. So, um, yeah, I think that's when I started. And then, um, but there's some triggers, you know, again, going to different jobs, or just meeting different people, and then giving the strange looks, and, well, why do you talk like that? And it would trigger me back. And I was like, dang, like, I'm a, I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I had no family here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I created this big 
you know, great family. Like everybody just took care of each other. We loved each other. We was riding for each other. And it was that loyalty. Mm-hmm. So I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So anyway, <laughs> then I start to figure out that that's not what is really going on. Right. As I look at the bank account, it's really me taking care of everybody. It's right. really me going to work and feeding everybody. It's mm-hmm. really me when everybody's car breaks down or somebody's rent needs to be paid. It's really me. Mm-hmm. And so where I came here, you know, I work out every morning. I go to school in the morning. I go to work for 40 hours a week, and I do my thing, and it's just me. I go from that to 12 and 14-hour days so that I can cover the bills and, mm-hmm. you know, just all those for this big family. And it was just one disappointment at a time. One disappointment, and I have this amazing marriage, and then boom, here comes a baby with the best friend, and then boom, it was just like, oh dear God, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my sister always says, "Did you not hear the Lord saying get out of there?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arkansas was not where you know what I mean, and so I didn't because my pride, like I did not want the people that had hurt me to see me fail. You're not going to get to see me run. Like, I'm going to stand strong, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand here and be resilient. Um, But that come with a cost. Yes. And so that's the cost. Like, for me, it was like, yeah, I'm sick of (laughs) y'all. I've had enough, and this is really who I am, and either love it or, you know, leave Mm -hmm. it. See, I'm still struggling with it because it's like, there are parts of me where I'm like, I just want to be me, but I know if I do that, I'm thinking about, but how's it going to affect this person and that person. Mm-hmm. I made a post yesterday, yesterday. I don't know. Uh, and, and in the comment, I put that a lot of times, you know, we we, we do this villain versus victim game. Mm-hmm. And and in other people's story, they're gonna make you the villain. Right. So they're gonna make you the villain because they lose access to you. Mm-hmm. They that lose. They, you know, they can't benefit from you for free. That's hard. And so they go 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 tell their story mm-hmm. and make you out to be the villain. They ain't gonna pay the part right. that they did. Right. And so I still kind of struggle. I'm like, I don't want people out here, you know, saying that I did this and I did that, but really I did nothing wrong. Right. But choose me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get kind of nervous about that. I'm like, I just want to be me, but I don't want to want it to negatively affect anybody. Right, but that's still people pleasing. Right. And I'm struggling with it. Yeah, and let me tell you what you do. I'm still struggling with it. I'm going to tell you what you do. If you can imagine for a second putting a a dot, just a circle that represents yourself. Okay. So put that in. Hold on, hold on. If you you listen, I hope you got pen and paper and take notes. (laughs) Yes. I feel like like I'm about to have a take-home assignment. And y'all might need to have a take-home assignment too. So, okay, I'm putting a dot. Yeah, put a dot. Mm -hmm. And then one line will represent things or people that you say yes to. I put it next to the dot? No. So, like, let me show you. Yeah. So, you have a dot. And then let's say somebody has to borrow your car. You're used oh, to saying anyway. Well, okay. Well, let's say you're used <laughs> okay. to saying yes. If you're used to saying yes, can you keep the kids today? Yes. Uh, can I borrow some money? You might say no, right? So it doesn't touch you, okay? Because you're actually putting up a boundary. Uh-huh. But let's just say all the people that you're trying to please. If you keep yeah, pleasing all of them, baby, because in a minute, you, you're not even going to be there. You can't even put them online. There you go. So this is how healthy looks. So this is you. Can I borrow the car? Absolutely not. Will I watch the kids? Only for one day. Mm. You know, think you borrow $20. When you going to pay me back? Probably not. 
You know what I mean? So you leave those boundaries uh-huh. to, to protect you. Yeah. Okay. So they have to be able to accept that you've created boundaries, whatever, yeah. whatever those boundaries are. That's the problem. That's what yeah. I was saying. That's the problem. When you start creating those boundaries, all of a sudden you you the villain. Yeah. And that's you the villain. May, I, I'm okay with the villain. But now people, me, people will say to me, you know, Coach T, but you can just, it don't bother you to tell your story. No, because they shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want me to speak, you shouldn't have done you it. Have done it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's okay if they want to be the villain. The people that really love you know you. Right. And they're not going to believe that anyway. Exactly. The people that are looking for the juicy and the dirt mm-hmm. and, and they really don't mess with you anyway. Right. Oh, they love all that. Yeah, yeah. That's how you distinguish who doesn't need to be around. <laughs> okay, y'all. So make sure y'all get your dot. Mm-hmm. The dot represents you. Mm-hmm. And then all these vultures mm-hmm. that be coming want to borrow your car and mm-hmm. borrow money and, and, and borrow sugar mm-hmm. and everything else, you got to start setting some boundaries. <laughs> but you'll see the difference when yeah. you start, because that'll tell you who you need to be around. When they get mad because you got boundaries. And they start disappearing. Oh, they'll, they'll drop themselves off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and life is too short to, to live like that and mm-hmm. to not be happy and to feel like you're you know, we've had the conversation, you're always depositing into other people, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't make sense. but, but they're, you know, no, there, you have nobody to withdraw from. That doesn't yeah. mm-hmm. So because you gotta, you're, you're pouring into them. Who, who gives you that? Cause now you're depleted. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. women, as women, we are so drained all the time. Mm-hmm. We can literally have a job that we sit and do barely nothing right. and come home and we just exhausted. Exactly. But if, yeah. 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 And if you think about it, it's all the phone calls we took, listening to all the drama they got, yeah. responding to every text message where somebody's freaking out, fixing everybody's problems, mm-hmm. and we're not investing in us. We don't take that time. Mm-hmm. Like our self-love, yeah. you know, looks like going to get our hair done and getting away from everybody. That's not it. Mm-hmm. When do we say, this is my meditation time. Right. Don't bother me. And mm-hmm. mean it. Mm-hmm. This is my hot bath and roses time. Thank you. I'm taking myself out on a date. Like, locking the door. Locking the door. door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. I mentioned, uh, I don't know what date it was. I mentioned about, you know how we always say we went the extra mile. And I was like, I'm about running out of extra miles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just need somebody to fill our cup up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I, I seek a lot of times. Like, I, like you just said, I pour into people so much. I'm like, I just want to sit here sometimes and y'all just fill me up. Yeah. That's it. Fill me up. Mm-hmm. And we don't get that all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a, um, and you might know this too, but as social workers, that's why they say every therapist needs a therapist. Yeah. It's true. Every coach needs a coach. Yeah. Because the people that you expect, especially you learn this very early on in entrepreneurship, your friends and family is not who supports no, you. Man. Mm-hmm. Okay, they just not. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is because I get excited when my friends because they have me. this they have this sense of entitlement. Yes, yes. that's why. Yeah. Well, and it's something that I started doing with my husband and, and you know Janus. You know, you just have to implement stuff, but we've been doing it for a while. Once a week, and typically Friday, after having a long week of work. Either we're eating or just sitting in the bed, just near chilling. I'm like, how was your week? Mm-hmm. What did you make me eat for me? Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. You have the conversation and then he does it in return. And it's a good check-in system. It's, it's healthy. It feels good. Yeah. And even if there is no specific answer, at least there's a conversation and you're being heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just 
having that connection for a moment. And it's not even this long we go out. It's a 30-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. And we do it once a week. Mm-hmm. You need something from me. Because I'm not very good at I'm saying no to her. Mr. Simmons? He's good about that, too. Yeah. Like, he probably checks in on me more than so, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he's so. there, but... Just, just physically being there don't mean a person is there. But right, right. He, he's normally that person that will do that for me. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can say that. But like everybody else, I'm like, you know, just can you call and say, hey, how you doing? Before you jump into yeah, Ooh. what you need and what you want. Mm-hmm. And see, as empaths, that's not even an option because even if we feel that way, right, the moment we hear or feel the emotion, we dive deep. It is the most draining thing yeah, ever. It takes everything out of you. I fuss at her. Yeah. I fuss at her about that. Because I'm telling you, it, people oh. don't understand what an empath is. Yeah. I literally had um, one of my courses. So my rerouting your GPS, the second cohort is coming up, uh, a third cohort is coming up in June. Mm-hmm. And so this second great. one, oh yeah, we're going to have, uh, hopefully, and don't get me wrong, I recognize that God does these weird things with them. Sometimes I'll have 50 people because, you know, I don't know. Everybody signs up. And then this last time I had literally like 15 people sign up. Five of them consistently stayed six weeks. Mm. And once I got into them, I recognized that God was doing something. Mm. And that was weird because normally as a coach, you like, you know what I mean? But it was the most intimate and needed conversation. They they were the ones that needed it. They were the ones that needed Mm -hmm. it. Um, but it was so funny because I had a um, class on that Saturday and we were about to be done. Like we were towards the end of the six weeks and I was trying to, you know, coach and I just was feeling sad. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was frustrated and I started having all these different emotions and that's the problem with an empath. You feel everything. Yes, everything. And so I just, in the middle of class, I was like, Everybody put your pen down. I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoever is, and see, God will put it on your mind. Mm-hmm. You have a vision of what's going on. Yeah. And so I knew, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, whatever this relationship is, you need to get rid of it. I don't know what's going on in your household, but I'm done with it. And I, like I was going around the room mm-hmm. and you could just see like, it's almost like I had answered questions for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then later Without on, them even asking, yes. huh? <laughs> and then later on, I started getting calls. One person has a relationship, the person won't leave their home. Mm-hmm. The other person, both cars, cars are broke down, husband does nothing, she's got to take care of kids, him, house, cars, and it's all, mm-hmm. and she doesn't work, but Ugh. she's the, the sole survivor, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was just one thing after another, and I was like, that's where all those emotions come from. Because I literally gave him the day off. I was like, because we, we can't do it, you're too full of emotions, yeah. and you're about to wear me thin, you know yeah. what I mean? But that's the biggest problem with you almost feel like you have to people please because when they call even when you try to do it you feel like you have to answer that call yes i do that sometimes but Mm -hmm. then i'll disappear like a lot of people will tell you i'll have moments where i'll answer my phone Mm -hmm. i love it that's why we're friends and then they'll be like (laughs) i've been trying to call you don't nobody ready to meet Mm -hmm. and accept it not accept it yeah (laughs) Yeah, my phone goes on do not disturb at ten o'clock every night, from ten p.m. to six thirty in the morning. Mm. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good boundary though. As I'm, you know, I'm trying to start 
there in between 10 and 6 30 you ain't gonna bother me with your problems now right. now so when i wake up it'd be yeah. something it else. might be something else it's something else like <laughs> Shoot, you might need to move that time up to, to eight o'clock though. Because yeah. most of those know. most of those hours between ten and six, you're sleeping, you're resting. Mm-hmm. But is I mean like what what is a good starting place for people who are still in that people pleasing stage and giving of themselves and just like how do you I understand set boundaries, but that's so surface. Well, mm-hmm. let's like I Specifically, what what are what are some things that you can implement? I had to do um, like you're doing times, mm-hmm. so I had to make it like work hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I will say this: now that I am walking in my true identity, mm-hmm. I sing anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing I do now is is, and I hate to say it like that, but it's not free. Right. It's not free anymore. I do that when I want to do it. Because remember, we talked about that. Like, this, I love this because these are women. They are bonding. We are teaching each other and we're guiding each other. Mm-hmm. That's free all day long for me mm-hmm. because that's that's what we're supposed to do as women. But these people just sucking the life out of me. Mm-hmm. I felt the whole thing. I'm going to charge you for sucking the life out of you. And I'm telling you, I did, I did it just recently. I literally said... Hold on real quick. I'm going to call you right, right back. Hold that thought. And I shot that invoice off. Now, does it apply to family and friends? Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. That's the struggle. Yeah. And you know why? Because yeah. those are the ones that's doing it. Mm-hmm. The people that don't know us, when you have somebody off of TikTok ask you for your high ticket, they want to spend more time with you. Mm-hmm. They don't even know you. Mm-hmm. And you say $5,000 and they like, okay, great. So how do I pay? Do I pay by card? Do you take, like, what do I need to do? Okay. But then your friends and family, I don't understand why you can't get, you know. They want the hot ticket for $5. That, yep. Or they don't want to <laughs> And it's not, I'm going to tell you, I had to tell somebody the other day, it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It's about you investing in you because then you're going to do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. The problem is they sucking the life out of us, but they don't do what we tell them to do anyway. That's right. They like where they are, and they just walk around. That is so it. true. Some yeah. people are just comfortable. They they, they want to make it seem like they're not, but yeah. they're really comfortable in that mess that they're in. I know it's yeah. you. Yeah. And they just want to hear themselves talk, or they want to hear your advice, or have you, you know, feeling some type of way. You know what really aggravates me? It's like you have the friends or associates that call that that you hear from few and far in between, right? Oh, yeah. And then when they do reach out to you, they ask you how you are. You get a chance to they don't really mean it. <laughs> and then after you reply, it's all their show. Mm-hmm. And so it's like so you spend the next hour just listening. I put my phone down, put on mute. Because mm-hmm. I'm like you know, and it, and, it, and it's that's draining to me. Because I'm like, well, damn, what, are you, do you have a good day? Yeah. Everything is so miserable and yeah. and and just you're downtrodden. I'm like, well, well, what? Let's let's look at the opposite. And I I can identify that because it's hard to change that mindset. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to you know let's look at the brighter side. Let's look at the positive. Okay, well this day went crappy, but what about this? You know, let's look at all the positives. Let's look at what you're being blessed with. Yeah. And that's what I try. To, I have like a, a gratitude journal. I just try to take the the positive things out, but. I just, I can't, I can't ingest that. I can't hear yeah, that because I'll I mean, take it. After about 10 minutes, I got something else to do. Right. <laughs> I got to go, well, I'm glad 
like another call, child. I got a job. I got those clothes in the washing machine. I got. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got something to do. I can't do that anymore. And you have to know because the thing is, my reason really for putting that invoice in place is because I recognize that. I really am into strategizing for your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you telling me all of this, and I go through this big strategy. Let's create goals. Let's do this. Let's do that. Well, what about this? So I'm giving all of this thought. Mm-hmm. And then I look up in four weeks, two weeks, a week, and you've done absolutely nothing that I say do. So what that means is you're going to still be complaining about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And nothing is working mm-hmm. because you're not doing what you originally asked me to do. Now, like, my um, elevate your self-worth, like when when you were talking about not really liking yourself, Mm -hmm. when I created the um, elevate your self-worth so you could increase your net worth, Mm -hmm. it blew my mind kind of just looking at it because my whole thought process was when we're talking and, and pouring into these people, if we don't take any of our just regular junk, like our life junk, we don't put mm-hmm. none of that in there. Mm-hmm. But you put how much it costs you to go to school, mm-hmm. your training. When you put all those things that you've done to give you the education you have now, girl, you be at $60,000 so quick, you like, oh, no, mm-hmm. you're going to pay me. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's not going to keep happening. Because then you start to recognize your, your self-worth. Like, girl, mm-hmm. even if I didn't come from the slums, I'm educated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you wouldn't do this to somebody else. Nope. If it was somebody you didn't know, you would pay, you would go see them, whatever. But when it's friends and family, they don't do that. They don't do it. They don't do it. I want to talk about something real quick in this in this topic, be her. Um, are you familiar with imposter syndrome? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What how do you define imposter syndrome? Oh <laughs> <laughs> you go first. <laughs> To me, it's about, um, I always say the representative. Like, mm-hmm. if you think of social media, half of them are in the middle of an imposter, you know, syndrome. Because, you know, they're on there, they've got the look, they've got, you know, everything going on, but they're miserable on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I find myself getting clients, you know, from TikTok or whatever, you know, social media. Um, and then I'll go through their page, and I mean, there's not a day when they're not well put Who together. Is this person? Yeah, they're just well put together, and all every all the ducks are in a row. Yeah. But then when I talk to them, they're crying on our first session, or you know, they're just falling apart, or they're being abused, or something's going on. Mm-hmm. But in front of the world, and and my thing is this: Who's the world for me to be trying to go through all that? Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be able to do it. But I recognize that so many people are so worried, and they can say they're not, but they are so worried about what other people feel and mm-hmm. think that it they are in the middle of the imposter system uh, syndrome without even knowing half the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, just, I kind of feel like I'm in I'm in that space a little bit. What's that? Because, yeah, because because I I admit to struggling with you know just trying to be me without affecting people, and so I I, I, I feel like I'm a fraud. No, like kind of, you know what I mean. Like, I does that make sense? Like, I, I feel like I'm being a fraud to to myself. Really, mm-hmm. I'm not really being true to myself, mm-hmm. and that's why I was thinking when I was like, "Am I? A little bit, a little bit, and it's fear. Um, because again, you you fear what they're gonna say, what they're gonna are they gonna still talk to you? But girl, I think we've all been through that. Yes, every single one of us, and it's so peaceful when they're not around. 
Yes. When the people that are not, and I tell my, yes. my clients this in a heartbeat, this is a phrase that we say all the time. Y'all listen. Take notes. <laughs> I, okay. I love me mm -hmm. so much that I will not allow anyone to love me incorrectly. Mm. Yes, I've heard you say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, no. I mean, no matter how much it hurts because you have this expectation of somebody, mm -hmm. you just don't get to do that to me no more. Right. You know, and that's kind of how I recognize a little bit of the imposter syndrome or just really pleasing to the point where I'm just letting them walk all over me. Right. You know, and that's mm -hmm. not okay. But I get it. To you, that's like, and it, you know, fear is false evidence appearing real anyway, but people can't say that they don't worry about whether, you know, because it hurts to lose friends. It yeah. hurts to lose family yeah. that you really think, you know, you're really close to. So mm -hmm. you, when you physically show up, you're going to shed some skin. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? Oh, same thing with what Percy is saying, you know, you're representing something totally different. Like the, we always get social media, like social media, then there's real life, mm -hmm. you know, so... And, and just being so concerned about self-image and and meeting this persona that everybody expects you to fulfill and then you're at home behind closed doors crying at night, crying at night mm -hmm. depressed or or even just feeling the weight of having to uphold mm -hmm. that you know uh, the image mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah that I feel like I've, I've experienced that too. I mean, it, it, it does get heavy. I don't think I do it as much anymore, but um, it's, it's too much to carry. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably share that with me where like people have seen me mm -hmm. and, and think that I'm this strong person. Mm -hmm. I, get, I get so sick of that. Mm -hmm. I get so sick of people saying, you're strong, strong. Okay, I don't want to be strong all the time. Right. But I have kind of mastered yeah. mm -hmm. my ability when I'm around people, you won't know. Right. You you just don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to break that down and like right. just just be just, even if, if I'm in a funky mood, mm -hmm. just be in my mood. If I'm in my feelings, just be in my feelings. I I, I turn it off. Yeah. Real quick. And you know what, Meg, I'll tell you but beforehand, before really getting and I've known you for years now, but having the, had the opportunity to see you daily since I work with you. And and knowing you knowing you within the past what, you know, five seven years, beforehand I did just see you as you know she's very stoic very strong you know <laughs> blah, blah blah but I find it so lovely and beautiful that I have been able to see you in vulnerable situations because yeah. you're human yeah. you're you're human you're a human being you're a strong woman but like you said you you deserve a moment to be able to collapse and to be not okay. And so I've been there with her to where she was not okay. And I, I was able, I'm glad I was able to be like, hey, let me, let me wrap my arms around you. Yeah. But, let me hug you but here's the crazy part, though. It lasted probably two minutes. Yeah. See, are you a Leo? No. We're Pisces. You're Pisces. Really? Because <laughs> that is so me. Like, I'm going to break and, you know, give me about 24 hours. And the next day, I've got a whole plan. Mm -hmm. I'm back at the and battlefield. And if I get never even asked. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. Is that healthy, though? Not really because of the fact that we are owed those moments. Mm. Now, what we can say is that we are emotionally intelligent mm -hmm. and that we can 
handle, like we're not crying from roots on in and can't right. regulate it, right? So we're, we're intelligent enough to know that right now I'm sad, tomorrow I got to get back to business. Mm -hmm. But we got a question like, who's around us that we feel like we can't even have those moments if it's three days? Thank you. It, I just like sometimes I don't have time. That, mm. Seem 
they don't know what we do. Mm. See, you're already married, right? Um, but men, they, they don't have a clue what we do. And so to them, it's not a real thing. Mm. And so my issue has been weeding the ones out that don't believe as much as I believe in my dream. Mm. Okay. Because yeah. that's become an issue. You know, you, you, if I'm going to go work a regular job, then you're going to support me and do all these different things. But something as simple as me going to Atlanta, mm-hmm. which was an amazing day because I only went for one day, I didn't even have to pay for it. My team paid for it. They just wanted me to be at this nice. concert and, and networking event. And when you hear things like, you need to, well, that, I mean, I wouldn't do that. That's like a risk. Like, what if you go down there and you don't get nothing for your business? Okay, but life is all about risk. It, and, and my thing Love is, is all about hello. risk. And, well, and my <laughs> thing is this. What we do, mm-hmm. we have to be in the room. Yeah. yeah. You have to show up. You have to, be you, have to you got to take some opportunities. Take them, not wait on them. And so that was an opportunity to be, I mean, we talking, all of us know, like, all of these rappers that's been rapping you know 25 years they're, they're from our era and so that's what that was but there was a big networking event afterwards mm-hmm. so when you're sitting next to little scrappy mm-hmm. you know and you like do you need some coaching hey, you, you know what i mean like you need my service. <laughs> yeah i'm giving up my time to everybody but that was like that was for me yeah. and to hear somebody you know that's supposed to care about you or that wants to see a life with you say that's that's kind of dumb because what if you go down that's a waste of money now i could understand if they was paying you to speak well if i waited on every paying situation right you know so to me we deserve those moments because we sacrifice Mm -hmm. so many of our moments for other people Mm um i'm not sure of the time yeah we're approaching an hour so what i would like to do before we get to our affirmation I asked everybody to grab a pen and paper. We're going to take some notes. We're going to have a take-home assignment. So, for people who are unable to answer the question, Mm -hmm. strip away your labels, your titles, your roles. If you're not able to answer the question, who are you, what would you advise them to do? Either one of them. I would probably say (laughs) definitely start with what are your goals? Write down three to five goals, Mm -hmm. short and long term. Mm -hmm. And then, like in my program, what's your perspective Mm -hmm. on reaching these goals? Uh, Do you have a bunch of excuses? Do you have a bunch of barriers? Because those are also excuses. Um, Are you taking accountability for why these barriers are there? Mm -hmm. And, And when I say that, I mean vulnerable place again, ladies. In case you've gone through this, when you're, you know, in a divorce, I I don't blame him for nothing. Because as a wife, there were things that I was not doing. Mm -hmm. Why am I going to be mad? Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That released me from that hurt and anger and the drama that people want us to be all entitled in and and daddy. I don't want to do that. I had to change my perspective. What did I do that might have added to this situation. Once you do that and you have the goals there, it strips away all the reasons why you can't. Mm-hmm. And when you write those barriers down, those are those self-sabotaging behaviors that you're really using. 
Oh, I'm going to do it. And I promise I'm going to do it tomorrow. Procrastination, number one. Mm -hmm. You're really in fear of doing that thing because you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know if people are going to like it. You don't know if people are going to support you. So it's really about setting the goals in front of you. What are you trying to do? Because when you have goals, they usually talk to who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, and not, not, oh, I need to clean out the closet, or I need to wash the car this week. I'm talking about real life goals for your life. Put them in front of you so that you can see how are you going to get there? What does that look like? I think part of it, too, is, because you mentioned it earlier, just trying to understand your your assignment here. We're all here for Mm -hmm. an appointed time. We're all here for a specific reason, purpose, assignment. So understanding what that is is also important. The other part of it is, like we were just saying, you have to take other people out of the equation. Mm -hmm. Because if you continue to be who everybody else expects you to be, told you to be, wants you to be, then you kind of lose your own self-identity and Mm -hmm. understanding who you are. And like I said, this is kind of where I am now. So I'm like, okay, if I take all that out of my head, take all that away, I'm left because I've, I've been this for so long. Yeah, yeah. I've been the wife, the mom, the grandmother, the daughter, the sister, the, the co-worker, the employee. It's like, it's, apart from that, mm-hmm. who am I? Yeah. And that's what I want people tuned in to try and do. Apart from all of these things that you do and you are to others, who are you? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe even ask yourself, like, what really brings me joy? Yes. What, what, what makes me happy? What do I feel comfortable how, how what what make, what makes me feel comfortable within my own skin mm-hmm. you know or just like um or where where do i what do i want to do with myself what do i want like like continue what do i want to accomplish mm-hmm. you know things like that cuz i mean for a long time i didn't really know what i wanted to do with my life and and really i don't know I honestly don't know what my set purpose is now, but I just know I just want to be a healthy, happy, content individual. I'm, I'm pretty simple. Um, so even with this journey I'm going on now, mm-hmm. I'm about to have surgery in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, gastric sleeve. And, and it's funny because Anne, I was talking at the job, I was like, girl, well, you're, you're skinny. Well, no, no, ma'am, no, I'm not. I said, no, I said, no you are. I said, but I said, no, all the other wives, though, yeah. you know, supersede the aesthetic. And like I was telling you before, you look good. Yeah, I want to look a certain way. Yeah, and it's for you, though. Yeah, and it's for me. Mm-hmm. It's for me. And, and just for my health reasoning and to, you know, get away from what my parents experienced. I mean, that's a huge deal for me. If I can get 20 so extra years, God willing, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. So, yeah, this, this this right here with what's coming up is going to be huge, you know, for me to ingest and mentally go through all that yeah. and keep in mind. Yeah. yeah, because it's a change in identity and just expect to go through those questions like, mm-hmm. am I really doing this for me? Like, mm-hmm. the closer you get, it will be mm-hmm. those, you know, little voices. Because, you know, some people don't understand it. Right. Some people don't recognize that it has absolutely nothing to do with the buildabies that I be talking about. Well, people think it's the easy way out. This, yeah. this, this process is nothing easy. By mm-hmm. far, it's, it's, very, it's very, it's a lot of testing. This has been... 
six, seven months coming. Yeah. This is a lot. So, I mean, even with how I feel about food, my relationship with food, and, and, and why, how do I get there? Why do I turn to food to make myself happy? So I'm going to have to step away from that and make myself happy beyond food. Because this is not for a couple months. This is for life. Yeah, because it's a coping mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. So, yeah, and they, they suggest, I mean, people who have bariatric surgery, they suggest you have therapy during and after because it takes a hit on you. Definitely. 
But anyway, we're, we're at the point of time where we're going to hit y'all with our affirmation. Don't look. Y'all know what y'all put in there. <laughs> Any other closing words? Yeah, I got everything I need. <laughs> 